What's up, everybody? Thanks again for joining me for another edition of March 4th with Mike Bauman. I, of course, am your host, Mike Bauman. Whoever you are, wherever you are listening from, thank you so much for checking out the podcast. If you're a returning listener, I greatly appreciate your continued love and support. And if you're a brand new listener of the show, man, thank you so much for hopping aboard that pirate ship. You can follow me on Instagram at March 4th Pod, on Twitter at Mike V. Bauman, and the host site is March4th.podbean.com. The link tree with all of my stuff is in the podcast description for this episode. Y'all made it here, so you famous somehow, and I truly appreciate each and every one of you taking the time to listen to the show. In all seriousness, man, um, I've been ruminating more than I than I normally do, and I tend to ruminate a lot, but... Uh, I've, I've been very reflective over these last couple of weeks. I just turned 35 on March 4th, which is where the name of the show is derived from. And um, got a chance to, to spend some time with, with my mom. We had a nice trip. The weather was, uh, weather was beautiful down here that weekend. And as Nashville weather goes, it'll be like 70 one day and then 48 the next day and freezing the next day. So my sinuses are going a little crazy right now. But this is my favorite time of the year. Spring is is on the way. March Madness is in full swing, and even though the two brackets that I filled out are toast, they're toast because Purdue and Arizona got upset. Uh, I still love watching the games, and NBA playoffs is right around the corner. NHL playoffs are right around the corner. It's a great time of the year, but I'm also approaching episode 100, and I know I've talked about it a few times, but it is kind of a big deal for for one of the, the smaller fish in the podcast pond out here, uh, not to belittle myself because I'm working on the negative self-talk and being self-deprecating. Sometimes it's funny and then sometimes it's like it's not nice because words have meaning and you shouldn't shouldn't be mean to yourself. Um, it's a little church chatty for those of you who know Dana Carvey. Well, isn't that special? Um, go look it up, kids. For those of you younger than like 25, you probably won't know who that is. But anyway, uh, church chat was awesome. Dana Carvey is awesome. Check them out. They've got a great podcast, him and David Spade, Fly on the Wall. I digress. But, but yeah, I've been doing a little bit more ruminating than, uh, than I think I normally do just because I, I made a commitment to this show when I got this puppy rolling again during the pandemic, working from home with my day job in healthcare and just bouncing off of four walls. Um, uh, you know, couldn't really see my girlfriend at the time in the beginning of that. Um, now my ex-girlfriend, uh, but, uh, you know, couldn't spend time with her and uh, couldn't see my friends. My family didn't live here. So I, I just, I've had this itch to scratch for a while with the show. And I kind of started it in 19 before the pandemic. And, and uh, like things I've done in my life, I pick them up and then I put them down. And then I'm like, no, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it consistently. I'm going to get back into it. And uh, started out doing two episodes a month in 2020. And then by the time mid 2021 rolled around, I started doing three episodes a month, which is what I've been doing as a balance with my day job and trying to build the audience. And next month in April will be episode 100 of the show. And it's just, um, it's, it's cool, man. Again, I don't, I don't pat myself on the back or toot my own horn. People who know me personally, who are close to me, my, my loved ones and my, my close family and friends, um, you know, they know they know that I'm not somebody who who's one to brag or anything like that. I like to make people laugh, but I don't like to boast. Uh, but it's just cool to be coming up on on episode 100 and the fact that I've been able to meet so many cool 
people along the way digitally, you know, uh, through social media and connect with, with people in a positive way and create a platform for, you know, people to, to hear about new music that maybe they weren't aware of or to hear stories of perseverance and moving forward in the hopes that it does inspire them to, you know, persevere in their own lives and chase their dreams. You know, that's the whole goal of the show. So it's, it's cool, man. I'm getting older. I'm, I'm five years away from 40, which is crazy to say. Um, I don't feel like I'm almost 40 years old. I think back to my dad's 40th birthday, which I believe was 1997 or 98, something like that. And it just blows my mind to think that I'm, I'm almost there. But that's life. Life moves really quickly. And I'm just in a state of real gratitude. You know, there's, there's ups and downs along the way things you go through with your job, things you go through with your personal life. And, um, and I've gone through a lot these last couple of years and I don't say that as a martyr, but it, it's been really challenging and there's still challenges on the horizon, but I've always been able to come back to this show and the people that I have on this show. And it's, it's great for me to have these conversations. And, and I think it's really cool, uh, to be able to be in a position where I can help share people's stories and, and be a bridge to, somebody's music or their art or their story to all of you and hope that it inspires you man so yeah been a little reflective man but uh this is a great time of the year uh, i've been trying to take good care of myself i still need to be more disciplined with my sleep which is an ongoing struggle but i just finished an eight-week workout program so i'm feeling pretty good i'm going to start another one just trying to you know stay in shape stave off the dad bod as long as i can and I'm not body shaming anybody, man. I'm just saying I'm, I, I like to try to, you know, for me, physical fitness is, is something that helps me stay mentally fit as well. It really does. When I'm, when I'm taking care of myself physically and I feel good physically and I feel capable physically, it, it really helps my, my mental outlook on things uh, as well as just, you know, taking care of my body. So, you know, I celebrated yesterday with some pizza and some ice cream. Did a little yoga today, and now I'm doing this. So, yeah, man, I just hope that everybody's doing well. I hope you guys are thriving. And uh, if not, and it's been a rough start to the year, just know it gets better. From personal experience, I can tell you we all go through rough patches in life. There's going to be ups and downs. doesn't matter where where you were born or what you were born into. Um, I've just learned in my 35 years, it's just learning to uh, – to quote Pearl Jam, ride the wave, you know, I'll ride the waves where it takes me, man. Um, and that's that's how I feel about life. You just got to learn to ride the waves where they take you and, and eventually you'll get to calmer waters. So keep your head up. Um, and speaking of just good good vibes and great time of the year, I feel very fortunate that I was able to get a couple of members, um, uh, three of the members to be specific of this band and this week's guests on the show, they are none other than Grim Winter. They were founded in Washington, D.C., which is a city with a lot of music history. If you guys know a little little thing or two about Go-Go, if not, Google it. But, um, you know, obviously um, a, a lot of music history there in, in Washington, D.C., and just arts and stuff in general. And these guys got a cool sound, man. It's like indie, alternative, alt-rock, a little bit of folk even maybe a little bit of emo, but I really enjoy the storytelling uh, that the band does. They just released their debut EP, Sojourn, in mid-February. So it's been out about a little over a month at the time you guys will hear this show. And it really is a great listen from front to back. They showcase 
the 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 variations in in the genres that they explore with each individual song which is what i think is cool oops almost dropped my pen um and the artwork uh is is really awesome too the production is great and we talk about that on this conversation as far as who they teamed up with for production who they teamed up with for the artwork and we talk about what goes into these songs, you know, um, something that we talk about on this show as far as anxiety and compulsions and depression, things like that. Their single, The Narrows, is actually dealing with those subjects, in particular anxiety and about the interplay of that between the mind and the body and the world we live in. Um, and it's really kind of a, The Narrows is like a, you know, I guess you could say a metaphor for a place of looming trees and treacherous cliffs and the only way out is through. And, I, and again, I think what's so cool about what these guys have done beyond being great musicians is that uh, they have a really interesting story about how they came together and uh, their their musical backgrounds, but also the fact that, uh, again, the storytelling in the music is really, really awesome. And the artwork that they did uh, is really awesome for this and, and the guy they teamed up with for it. Uh, Aaron Lawrence is his name. It's really, really, really cool stuff. At Grim Winter Band on Instagram. If you want to check it out, please keep listening to the show. But yeah, so I got a chance to talk to Clay, Casey, and Andrew of Grim Winter, and we had a great conversation. My computer is on its way out. Uh, for those of you who are new to the show, um, I got a really old computer, man. I'm still using the computer that I got as a graduation pre- present from uh, college in 2010 and uh it's it's lasted me this long but but it's getting really really slow so i did record this episode on my phone um one thing i always pride myself is being on time and you know even though i've deleted a lot of stuff off this this bad boy to make it go faster sometimes it's just really slow the windows on here isn't even supported anymore etc etc so the audio quality on my end, I don't have my mic like I normally do, like I do right now as I'm doing the intro to this, but um, but we still had a great conversation, man. Like I said, Clay, Casey, and Andrew, it was it was awesome speaking with them to learn about Grim Winter's story, and now you guys are going to hear that conversation and learn more about their story. So without further ado, I'm going to show my big yapper and give you guys my conversation with Clay, Casey, and Andrew of the band Grim Winter. Here it is. Alrighty, righty, there we go. Well, dudes, thanks for listening to me rant um, at the beginning of this uh, before I officially hit record, but I'm, I'm just so stoked for you guys with your debut EP, Sojourn. Um, so just thank you so much for coming on board the podcast and, and, and joining me for, for an episode of March 4th, man. Yeah. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. You're welcome. You're welcome. So since we've got multiple members here, uh, with, with the band, why don't you guys, um, say your name and what you play in the band. And that way, when, uh, when you talk, people know who's speaking, man. Absolutely. Well, let's, uh, let's go alphabetically. So why don't you go first, Andrew? All right. Hi, I'm Andrew. I'm the lead guitarist, and I do some backup vocals as well. Yeah. Hi, I'm uh, Casey Paul, and I play guitar and uh, do uh, vocals for uh, Grim Winter. I am Clayton Underwood, and uh, I am the the lead singer of the band. 
Um, I play a mean tambourine too. I, I play a bunch of different instruments, but uh, most he does. Of- That's not a joke. <laughs> Sweet. Well, dudes, thanks again so much for joining me, man. Like I said, I, I really dig it. Um, I, I heavy music is definitely my favorite. It's the stuff that just has always grabbed me. Um, but like I like I said before the jump, man, I, I listen to so many so many different genres. I'm always eager to check out new music and. Growing up in the '90s, there there was such a great alternative scene and and great indie bands and stuff. And your guys's band, to me, not to pigeonhole you because I don't like doing that, but it's kind of a good blend of I feel like indie and alternative and folk and yeah. and uh, it's and, and even the way the EP flows, man. I just uh, every song is really introspective. Uh, the storytelling that you guys do in your music is really awesome. I'm a big fan of that. That's that's one of the things that really draws me to hip hop as well as storytellers, you know. Um, but yeah, man. So before I rant too much, let's just start with how you guys came to know each other. And and obviously DC has a really rich music history with the go-go scene really kind of not kind of starting there with like chuck brown and everything like um are are you guys from dc like how did y'all meet i'm i'm this clay here i'm I'm from dc uh born and raised uh and uh yeah it's it's definitely growing up in the 90s dc was like a pretty cool time just to see i mean they used to literally have like drum circles around in like dupont circle my parents would drop me off my neighbors and i'd go down there and just play hand drums like all day, you know. I mean, it was great. At, like six, seven. It was uh, it was definitely it's kind of like growing up on Sesame Street or something. It was uh, <laughs> where it's like really uh, people from all different backgrounds and walks of life. It was just like a you know, uh, it was a beautiful tapestry um, for real. And I mean, DC does have a proud history of you know go go punk scene as well, and uh, um, just in general, you know, Duke Ellington, DC. <laughs> um, yeah, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, how, how we met though, um, uh, or yeah, actually, you guys first. You're, you're Andrew. I was, but I was about to say the story starts with with you and Casey in that one. So, so okay. the so how about you start the story, and then I'll pick up Correct. where I come in on the picture. Absolutely. Um, uh, Casey and Andrew also grew up in the area. Sorry to speak, and uh, uh, and, and uh, yeah. Um, well, Casey and I, we were at a. Uh, a barbecue kind of like just like the first party after COVID if you can imagine it was like a few people just getting used to socializing the anxieties were all <laughs> like ah, there's other people here and uh, uh Casey and I immediately bonded uh just out of I heard that he was a musician and uh do you want to talk a little bit more about that yeah absolutely no I mean it's it's again not the most exciting story ever but Clay and I were at like the at 2021 everyone had just gotten their first shot vaccine parties where like no one knew like what the rules were or anything but um you know I started talking to Clay and and he said he played music and and he really undersold himself I mean he really sandbagged me when he said he played music um because it turns out he went to like music school he went to like conservatory uh and all that stuff but um you know he's we, we shared like band camp soundcloud links and um, you know you do you do that with musicians all the time. You're always like, oh, we'll play together. Let's play together, you know. And then you have a million of those conversations. Um, but I, I listened to his stuff, and I was like, oh shit, uh, <laughs> he's not messing around. Um, so I really I really followed up on that. I'm like, Clay, we gotta we gotta play music together. And I think we just jammed in your backyard a few times. And I sh- I shared some stuff I was writing, and you shared some stuff you were writing. And and then we said, let's give this let's give this band thing a shot. Um, 
and that enter Andrew there. And right? that's and that's where I came in. So so Clay and I, um, we we both we used to work at um, the School of Rock, a music school in DC. Uh, I've since moved on, but um, nothing to do with the movie, if you're wondering. <laughs> the, the fun fact: the 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 School of Rock company came first. Although actually, the this particular school opened. Um, August of 2020 in the, the height of COVID. So I was there from the beginning and then uh, for about two and a half years, but um, back on track. So Clay, so Clay and I were working together for a few months. Um, we were hitting it off and then I invited him to a, another friend's party. Um, we were just hanging out and whatnot. And then he tells me, Hey, so I met this, I met this guy. Um, we've been writing some songs together and we're looking to put a band um together do you want to do you want to come jam and, and try out with us tomorrow for the the day after the party and i was like sure why not i'll come check it out and see how and um see how it goes so the plan was to meet at um at a rehearsal space in dc called seven drum city which um has a, a small venue called the pocket and then also rents out rehearsal spaces so i come in right behind two guys one of which had a guitar on on his back um and they had just checked in with the front desk and were off to the side. And I check in with the front desk immediately behind them and said, Hey, I'm here for a rehearsal section with a guy named Casey. And then sure enough, Casey just says like, Hey, I'm Casey. Nice to meet you. So, uh, so Casey came in with um, our original drummer, Carter, who was also Casey's third cousin um, and whatnot. So we, we went down, we went down to the rehearsal room. Clay was running a little bit late. So he joined us a bit later. So we were just talking, getting to know each other a little bit, talking about, uh, uh, talking about each other's backgrounds. Um, I'd been playing in bands for, for a few years at that point, And actually not too dissimilar from yourself, Mike, I also started in, um, heavy metal stuff. So like I grew up playing Metallica, um, Green Day, um, and a little, little bit of a mix, uh, for all over at that point. Um, so when I said that I, I was, I was into, I was into metal. I remember Casey's like, Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> so, so the, but yeah. And then play came in. It was a, it was a little bit, I mean, First time meeting each other, it was a little little weird. We were just like picking what songs to play. I think one of them was um, <laughs> one of them was uh, "Everlong" by Foo Fighters. Um, we tried out a couple other tunes, but then Casey brings out, "Hey, can I try out an original?" So he brought out this song he had called "November Midnight." Um, we listened to a recording that he had previously released on Spotify, and I was like, "This is a really good song." Yeah, this guy, this guy, this guy knows how to write and 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 put something together. So that. That for me was the moment that like, okay, this band could could be really really fun, and it's been and it has been a lot of fun um, in the year and a half that that this this project has continued. Yeah, and it, it and it and as far as like live gigs, obviously you guys did the the EP release show. Um, how many how many gigs were you guys able to do? especially in the, in the beginning, I mean, with stuff being closed with the pandemic, how, how long was it before you guys were able to actually play live? It was fair. Um, it was fairly quick. So we, the, that first session was August of 2021 was our very first jam session. I think our first show was, um, was a block party in, uh, the neighborhood of Casey's family home. So his parents, um, his parents and some other people in the neighborhood put on a show. They had a, a woman down the street who, uh, was a jazz singer, so we opened up for her, um, and that was really really fun. She's, she's a and um, singer. oh yeah, and um, and, and Clay, the, the multi talented instrumentalist that he is, uh, jumped in on drums with um, with the singer as well. So that was that was a hit. And then, uh, our first 
proper club show actually was at the pocket at that that venue in Seven Drum City. Um, I think it was about six months after we we first met, and then after that pocket show came in, it's gigging has been pretty consistent, probably about one once per month, um, in some of the the smaller spots in DC. Nice. That's that had to be pretty cool to to do a block party as like kind of a first a first show like that, man. Because everybody's in a good mood, right? It's like family, friends. Like that's that's it's not like you're you're opening up for somebody and people are kind of standing in the back with like the impress me, bro, shoulders right. crossed. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. You know. Well, we we um you know it was like our 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 test run for the band, right? Like my mom was like, oh, we're having a black party in my in our neighborhood, like. You, you you guys should play and it's like all right if we get booed off of this stage then maybe we're in trouble <laughs> let's let's see how we do with the suburban you know parents um no but it went really well and and actually i remember we we kind of drew a bit of a crowd because clay um as i alluded to earlier has a bit of some classical training so he busted out some of his uh his opera there and we actually got a lot of people kind of like poking their heads out being like what the hell is that <laughs> what's going on outside <laughs> but in a good way of course uh, we have to do that at our live shows now i'm going to go out in the street sing opera and try to get people to yeah draw them in yeah, yeah. Like, we're an indie band <laughs> <laughs> so when did when did music really grab you guys i always i always like to to ask people that like do you remember when you were a kid like that first moment where it was like that rabbit hole where you went, Oh man, I really, there's something here that I just, I can't stay away from. Um, Is it okay if I start? Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Um, I I just remember being like three years old and I think I, I mean, it's basically honest, but Elvis, like I I had something, it was like Hound Dog and like Blue Christmas or something like that. And I just, I kept, listening to it over and over again and going back. So from a young age, I mean, I was, then rhythm was my first. I mean, my dad used to take me to this like father-son weekend thing that was out in the, out in the mountains in West Virginia. And um, uh, uh, please call it, I think it was like Buffalo Gap or something like that. And uh, they, they, part of the weekend, a uh, bunch, of, bunch of hippie dudes and, uh, and their sons. And it was really fun. Um, like they had a lake there and like all this stuff. But part of the big, they had like a, 17 20 foot like bonfire um and everybody would drum around it and dance and do this whole like you know it was like wow so i mean i i got a healthy dose of rhythm from a young age um and that was my first instrument that i you know uh well i guess kind of hand drums and then i learned that i could sing and uh went and did children's choir stuff and then that escalated and then i'm in musicals and also playing drums in a jazz band and so i always had the drums and singing and uh you know, picked up some guitar along the way to just accompany my, you know, and then um, went to uh, Boston Conservatory uh, for my undergrad, and um, uh, which was try. If we're talking about perseverance, so provided <laughs> many, many lessons in perseverance. Um, uh, you know, the whole idea is to fail a lot and, and learn from it. And um, uh, but uh, you know, then I came back after getting my degree. Pandemic hits, and uh, I started busking. So I was kind of in this performative, I was like, I have all these tools as a performer and I have nowhere to use it right now. The operas have closed down. There's no like, there's no shows. And um, so I was like, you know what, time for a change of pace. I'm going to, I'm going to get into some more, uh, you know, popular pop, not pop music, but you know, rock music and indie and get a band. And uh, you know, it was, uh, I'm really glad I did it because it's been an incredible journey. Um, and 
you know, love these guys. They're, they're fantastic human beings, which I've really lucked out to, to end up making music with. And, um, it's a, it's, it's a good fit. For- You're fantastic, Clay. Every time we do one of these podcasts, it just gets, ends uh, up being like this big compliment circle. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good thing, right? It's good. I, it's good, it's good guys. You know, I, I want to tell you and the people out there, you know, I don't know. <laughs> Gotta, gotta pick your moments. Yeah. <laughs> we need we need more people coming together today, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so actually, I guess I'll, I'll go next. So the my parents were were big music lovers, though none of them were musicians. So we had Bruce Springsteen on a lot at um, growing up. But the first song or first actual first musical experience that I remember clicking is like, what is this? This is awesome. It was seeing. It was when American Idiot came out and it was seeing one of Green Day's videos. It was either Boulevard of Broken Dreams or American Idiot. I forget which one. Um, but that was like, oh, this is really cool. So I dove into American Idiot from there and then just kept um, digging into more music myself. I, I think this was this was 2004, so I'd have been about 10, maybe 10 or 11, actually 9 or 10 at that point. Um, and then my first instrument, my parents got me a guitar for my 14th birthday, which I have tattooed on my uh, arm. Um, just shows how significant that was. And I just kept playing, um, at home pretty much every chance I got, um, before I went into college. And then I studied, I got a bachelor's in music and theater from, um, a community, a Washington college, a, uh, liberal arts school. And actually my senior capstone was writing my own rock musicals. I wrote 11 songs, um, with a seven string guitar, Funnily enough, they're keeping that metal uh, vibe going. That's dope. Um, uh, and then right from there. And then about halfway through college was uh, was when I joined my first band. So I, I it was a hard rock band called Bite the Beast that was based in Sterling, Virginia. So I was commuting from um, Chestertown, Maryland, which is kind of on the east, what's called the Eastern Shore of Maryland, basically that slab near Delaware. Um down every weekend for rehearsal and backup. So it was probably two hour drive uh, for rehearsals and then for shows. And then I kept playing in bands um, after after college um, while I was working as a um, event production technician um, for doing corporate uh, galas and setups and whatnot. Um, and just finding my way and, and playing in bands. And all of them were fun, though not all of them worked out, obviously. Um, I the I I enjoy doing event production stuff for the theater degree, but it, it wasn't quite what I wanted to do. Um, and I was looking for an excuse to jump into music full time and go into teaching and whatnot. So, COVID made that choice for me. The being that the company was relying off of mass gatherings and whatnot, as restrictions were coming in, we were losing jobs where people clients were dropping left and right. So all the operational staff uh, was placed on furlough. And then a few of them were even laid off. I was not. I've, I was on, unemployed for about eight weeks and then came back. And then they brought me on uh, back for some smaller stuff over the summer. Um, but that marked the shift to School of Rock for me, which was my first um, music teaching gig. And that was, I guess that was, that, that was a small point of like making it. It's like, okay, here you are in the music field full time. And, and I met some really awesome people, uh, both in the other instructors and, and the students that came in and that's how grim winter um that's how I, that's how i've stumbled into grim winter and it's just continued evolved into that school so that's our rehearsal space um carter the original drummer has since moved on to boston so we replaced um him with the drummer from the school of rock kevin 
And our bass player, Caden, is also an instructor uh, at the School of Rock. So that that point has kind of turned into a uh, uh, mecca spot and pushing forward uh, for me. So, yeah, I suppose that's, that's my musical journey at this point. That's cool, man. Yeah, I'm glad I'm glad you found your way to teaching. You know what I mean? Especially when you love music and or anything in life, you know, if, if you have a knowledge or a skill set, there, there's a, a co-worker of mine I, I respect a lot whose name is also Mike. And uh, he, he wrote a book, which is like a huge undertaking. You're just relating it to your story, like kind of like that, like it's sort of like, you know, if you have a, a gift or you have things that you've learned along the way. I, I think it's important to pass those things on to other people. You know what I mean? So that's cool that, that you, you've been able to take your, your love for music and, and, you know, teach, teach the next generation or people who want to get into it, man. And that you ended up connecting with these guys. That's dope. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I will say school of rock definitely besides giving us this practice space has given us four of our uh, members over the years. So it's uh, you know, it's, it is our little music Mecca here. Um, but uh, yeah, paying it forward is a big part of why, you know, like I'm now music directing there and uh, it's, it's that you said it. I mean, it's, it's uh, invaluable. I mean, there's no, there's no way to put a price on that. Um, it feels, feels right. feels like the natural order of things when you're able to pay it forward. So yeah. Good hit there, Mike. Um, Casey. Yeah, I guess it's my turn. Um, so, so my, my music journey is like very different from, from the two you just heard. Um, so, I mean, I, I was like, you know, any other person, I wasn't born in DC, like clay, I was born uh, in the suburbs outside of DC in Maryland. Um, and like all good suburban kids, I, I decided to get into pop punk in the two thousands. Um, so that was kind of my, you know, I mean, I played like piano growing up and I played, I think clarinet and for, for the school band or something, but it wasn't until I got my guitar when I was like 13, 14 and I was listening to like, you know, Blink-182 and some 41 um, especially Blink-182. I mean, Tom DeLonge, he has such a, a good style of, of guitar playing and songwriting that I really admired. Um, you know, I, I still do, obviously, but, you know, really iconic riffs, really simple power chord progressions, um, um, just, real, just, just getting to the energy of it, I loved. Um, but I, I like most kids who pick up the guitar when they're, they're teenagers. I, I stopped a few years later, probably when I was going to college, when I realized that uh, girls did not care uh, that you play guitar. <laughs> so so I, I, I put it down and I thought, you know, that was it. That was, that was kind of a chapter of my life that was over. Um, and, and it wasn't until the, the pandemic that the lockdown happened. And um, I, I, like a lot of people got, you know, furloughed or, you know, whatever you want to call it, quit, uh, fired from my job. Um, and I was in my house, my apartment in Boston all day, nothing to do, can't go outside, don't have a job. And I'm like, oh, sh like shit, I'm gonna go crazy in here. Um, and I and I pull out my guitar from my closet, you know, which has just been been coming to apartment to apartment with me in this case, like unopened for years. And I and I pulled it out, and something clicked. Something clicked that that hadn't clicked earlier. And I really, really fell in love with playing music and and writing music. And I wrote a lot of music kind of on my own during this lockdown. And so when I met Clay like a year later, I was really bursting at the seams to to start playing with other people and writing music and playing shows and and thank god for both of these two because i would you know i would be completely lost without them i mean i was the the thing that andrew doesn't know in the story he told where where we met was how intimidated i was by him um and, and <laughs> 
how how serious of a musician he was and i was sitting here like oh my god like he he's gonna like yell at clay after this he's like he's gonna be like clay why did you waste my time with this amateur like like i'm i'm i've got things to do i've got places to be um but it's like casey you should have been learning master puppets all right come on yeah Oh, so, no. um, no, forget I mean, about all the small things. Yeah. We need to learn master puppets. No, sorry. All, all yeah, the big, all the big things. <laughs> all the big things. So, <laughs> we're all, we're all equally impressed with each other, as you can tell. Yes. Um, yeah. but, uh, it's, it was like, uh, I had just seen how much legwork that you had done. And I was like, oh, you're not just like a hobbyist. You're actually really trying to get things set in motion. So I was like, all right, let's do this. Um, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was really fun. I remember those days in the backyard, like just kind of coming up. I, I don't know which songs we were playing. Some of yours, like Fairy Man, and uh, um, I think we did an acoustic version of Narrows at one point. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, sometimes I'd have like a banjo out there. It was like the totally, yeah. we had like the wrong equipment for the genre that we were trying to create, but we didn't really care. We were just having fun. Um, and uh, um, you know, say it. There, there was at one point in the the early stages of the band where we were actually jumping around on different instruments. So, every every pretty much everybody played multiple instruments. Like I play I play guitar and bass are my primary instruments, but I do drums. Clay does singing and drums. Uh, Casey we had on bass for a tune, and then Carter played piano as well. So we were jumping back and forth of like, hey, I'll take bass on this song, or you'll take guitar. Uh, on this song. I was I was the band's bassist. I want that. I want that credit. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you want that. Right. That's, that's right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but at, at our first shows, I was on I was on bass, uh, and trying to juggle that with lead singer. I was like, ah, oh, this is good. If I had an acoustic guitar or something, maybe. But uh, yeah, I was I was like, all right, just lead singer. I'm gonna do that. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it was, I remember we had like, I was staying at someone's house, um, house sitting, and they had a really nice bonfire out in the backyard or, or a little fire pit. And uh, uh, so we were just sitting around the fire, like coming up with directions with uh, Andrew, Casey, Carter, and myself um, in the pre Caden Kevin days. And uh, uh, that was, we got like serious around that. But, you know, at first we were all like joking, we we're like, oh, let's jam on this song. And then it was like, all right, brass tacks, what the, what the fuck are we doing? Yeah. And, um, <laughs> And uh, it, it was a really good conversation. I appreciated how direct people were being with each other um, and not really there. You could see it was important to everyone who was in that circle. And it was like, oh, cool. Uh, all right. So there was some real energy there. And, um, um, you know, I think we, we, we we're, we're at a really great point as a band right now where we're, we're kind of gearing up. We have our first P out there, EP out there. And um, uh we're hitting this uh, uh, exciting phase of like, all right, what's next? Like we got, we, we've proven that we can do this now creatively. Where are we going to go? And uh, it's, it's um, yeah. I mean, uh, this is exactly where I wanted to be. I think a year out from, from start a year and a half out from, from starting. And uh, it's, it's been a, you know, so far it's been an awesome journey. Um, I was thinking about this though, Casey, on your, on your EP, it's called yeah. Southern, and I just realized that each of the songs are like their own. Sorry, this sounds a little like cheesy, but it's true. Each of the songs are their own little journey. Yeah, um, you know, yeah. It's, it's a story to be, to, you know, but it it really your writing like puts people inside of the song. You can see and feel, and like really, you're you're embedded in a in a in that world uh, for. Yeah. So I, um, yeah, I'm proud of our EP. But anyway. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, it was one thing I wanted to to ask you, Casey. Like you mentioned, after um, 
you know, putting down the guitar for a while and then, and then really, like you said, just being cooped up going, Hey, you know, no better time than now. What, what were you, what was initially coming out of you when you were, when you were revisiting the instrument? Like, were you going back to pop punk stuff? Was there new stuff you were getting into at that time? Were you just trying to play the stuff that you heard in your head? Like when you, when you picked up the instrument after, you know, that kind of time away. Absolutely. Well, well, luckily for me, my music tastes have matured in the, in the you know decade or so um, since I first really started getting into music. I mean, I still you know love love that genre, um, but but um, you know I, I listen to a lot of other stuff. And so when I first started writing music, it was much more in that like indie folk, um, maybe alt rock area. Um, one of the, one of the bands I really love are the Decemberists, um, and mm, actually yeah. the reason uh, Grim Winter came about is because. I really like the idea of having Grimm with like two M's, like Grimm Brothers in the name. Yeah. A lot of the early songs I wrote were like like folklore, like mythological, like, you know, stories uh, about like, I think one of the first songs I wrote was called like Persephone. And there's another one called like Tongue Cut Sparrow, which is like a Japanese folklore um, tale and things like that. So, so I was really inspired by that. And I really loved writing about that. Um, and, I, and I think there is a bit of a fantastical, um, if not like, like, mythological aspects to to a lot of the songs um um in the sense that they're not maybe literal literal stories um that i like to tell and and so that was kind of part of it um but yeah i mean it was sometimes it was pop punk uh, sometimes it was you know more indie stuff it was really just whatever was coming out of my head at the time i was trying to jot it down or record it um i i had a i had i had and still have a very long way to go as as a musician and luckily like i said Clay and Andrew have been such an amazing resource. I mean, I never, I've never been in a band before this, and I never like played music before I met. Um, and and Clay was talking about how he he busks a lot, and that's actually kind of our first show. If you want to like before uh-huh. the block party was yeah. one afternoon, Clay and I were playing in his backyard, um, and I, you know we, we I don't know we were talking about like playing a show, and I was like Clay, I'm nervous though. I don't. You know, I've never played a show. Like, what what was it like? And he's like, you've never played for anybody? I'm like, no, not really. And then Clay was like, all right, let's go and <laughs> right now. And and we got in his car and we drove down the street and, and we set up in front of like a bookstore or something in, in D.C. And and Clay got out his acoustic guitar and his, and his microphone and he played a few songs and then he just handed me the guitar and he's like, all right let's go, you know, like do something. Um, and, <laughs> um, no, it was, it was fantastic, you know? And, and I, I had that moment where I was playing and, and um, there was, you know, my second or third song in, I started playing original songs. And I remember seeing this kid sitting outside of 7-Eleven. He must've been like 10, 11 years old, but like long blonde hair, wearing all black clothing, you know, it was like the middle of summer. He's wearing long black pants. So that's how, you know, you know, he looked like he looked like me when I was 14. He really did. Um, and, and he was he was watching me and I and I was like, oh, like I'm, I'm connecting to someone with music. And, and you know, it, it just changed the trajectory of everything, I guess, in terms of, of what I like to do and what's important to me and everything. So it was a real uh, awakening. <laughs> you had your first musical communion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and, and going back to something you said, uh, Clay, was uh that's how I, when I listened to the record, um, that's how I felt like each song is kind of its own, its own story, you know? And I, and I think it's so cool how you guys really packaged, especially in today's day and age where, 
you know, so, so much is driven by singles and it's just kind of the nature of the music business now, um, where, where people will do, you know, one song, really pump it up, then do another one and kind of keep people coming back. And I don't know if it's just the attention span, everybody's on their phones now and that's sort of the TikTok culture and whatnot, but I digress, but, you know, I, I saw you guys worked with, uh, Mark Williams, uh, and is it, is it Matt Leffler, uh, Shulman from, from Mobtown yeah. studios and then, uh, Aaron Lawrence did the artwork. Yeah. Um, and it, and I, I think it was, I don't know if it's specific to the song, the narrows, um, all the artwork is really cool, but, but that one really was, was really, was really cool. It's like the dude and the, and the girl and the, in the snow with the trees. Yeah. And then when I, when I read about the song, and about how the Narrows is, is this place of just like looming trees and, you know, kind of like impending danger. And it's, it's sort of like, you know, forgive me if I'm not articulating correctly, but just kind of like a metaphor for just anxiety and how it kind of, you know, really yeah. kind of traps you, you know what I mean? And, and Absolutely. You know, yeah. but yeah, I really, I really dug like how it was a, it was a whole package with what you guys did with Sojourn, man. I, I really thought it was really cool. Yeah. No, um, Aaron, Aaron Lawrence is a fan, phenomenal, phenomenal artist from the UK, um, and he, he did such a wonderful job. And actually, fun, fun Easter egg is the 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 boy and the the girl in the in the image. They're in all of them. They're in all the single covers and the album cover. You have to find them like a like a Where's Waldo, um, but we made sure to include them. Um, so yeah, I mean it was fun, and like I said, or like you said rather, um, the the kind of narrative aspect of it is something we really like to bring with intentionality into our music, and and you know again not literally, you know there's not necessarily an official story for why they're there, what they're doing, and and you know a lot of our music is letting the audience experience it and kind of draw their own conclusions and get their own um, experiences from it, and that's something that we really love to do as musicians. Um, so. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice, like in a postmodern world where there's not a singular expectation. I mean, like as, as we, as we mature as a band, our sound solidifies, but it's nice to be able to jump to different corners to do, go and do a crazy, you know, a folk song. Andrew just, Andrew and I, I guess, just wrote a song, um, mostly Andrew's though, uh, called Like George Bailey. And it's based off of the film, It's a Wonderful Life. So, I mean, it was like, you know, we could go there, do that. It's a little bit more country than like the other stuff that we <laughs> we do. Um, but we've really like kind of fallen in love with the song as a band. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's really well, like the conception of it was just brilliant and like very earnest and like just uh, felt right at the time. And so we're, we're not afraid to take little leaps or to go and do the, like, you know, the most go-go bordello, like gypsy punk style, like uh, people talking to people thing. And it was, I'm, I'm, we, we give each other a lot of creative license and so far it's, it's worked, but you know, it's, as we get, you know, older, there, I, I, I don't, I think in any era, there will be an expectation of the grim winter sound, you know? And so the impending looming sound somewhere up in those trees um <laughs> never let them know your next move you know that's our motto <laughs> but, uh, yeah the, the record had a good flow to it too like um like like you said i like you know people talking to people it's like this really upbeat you know what i mean uh vagabonds wasn't there kind of like a there's like a group chorus in that one yep yeah. i'm not mistaken and it was there was was there female vocals on on fairy man who who did who did that <laughs> 
That was, that was Clay. I, that's all Clay. Was that really Clay? Oh my yes. God, Clay! My bad, man. I thought it was like oh, a, good. I, that's I, that, I, that, I, that 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 that. Trained singer. You, we we would hear, hear that as a compliment. No worries. I'm literally that's, right, that's, right yeah, now. I'm sorry. No, dude, I'm sorry. Yeah. No, no, no. No need to apologize. That just shows how good of a singer this. Or how how lucky we are as a band to have Clay as a singer and how good at get how good he is and how his hard work has paid off. It's it's the one one um one of the. You, you, this thing's unique to the band for me, um, from my band's prior is the emphasis on vocals. Um, I, I going in, I wanted to really try backup vocals and maybe even lead vocals on a song or two. Um, a band that that's jumped out to me recently is Mastodon, and and that and that's a, a heavier band, but they have three singers that they'll yeah. fill in for different roles depending on what the section needs on that, and that's something that we've played around with a little bit. Um, on that on that song but it's it's awesome to have this toolkit of voices that we can play if it's one voice for one section or all three of us at a section or whatnot and that has been that's been one of the most fun parts of songwriting for for me both for for the tunes for coming up for excuse me for sojourn for the ep and then for our other material that we're working on as well yeah i love mastodon ember city's probably my my favorite song from them if i had to pick a favorite i got a chance to see them um at the ryman here in nashville which is such a cool um it's such a cool like historic venue they call it the mother church and it's it was so cool to see like a a heavy metal show there um it was them russian russian circles um yeah it was it was it was awesome but um but yeah, I, 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 uh, again, man, I, 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 I was like, I feel, is that like a female vocalist in there? But that, yeah, that's cool that you have that kind of range, dude. That's awesome. <laughs> but yeah, I, I and, and did you guys talk about the, um, sort of the ebb and the flow of the EP? Cause you know, it starts out with the narrows, right. Which is, I don't know. I mean, again, I'm not, I'm not musically trained or anything, but I would say tempo wise, it's kind of like a, a mid tempo tune, you know, fairy man is, is very introspective. Vagabonds is more upbeat. That's definitely to me, like a, just lyrically and even vibe wise, it's almost like a road trip song, you know, mm-hmm. and then people talking to people is very, very upbeat. And then sojourn goes back into like that cool introspective vibe with like the really kind of slow guitar in the beginning so kind of a really cool fade out to it. Did you guys talk about sort of the ebb and the flow to the EP and how you wanted to set it up or did that just happen the way it came out? Uh, I would say it's, it's a little bit of both technically. The As we were writing the songs and putting our set list together, the, the songs kind of fell in that order. Like we, we, We've opened up the majority of our shows with um, the Narrows because it's so upbeat and it's got a good driving force into it and then kind of follows that progression um, in the set list and with songs thrown in between there and whatnot um and we had talked about three or four other arrangements for for the 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 set list order but that was the one that we that we would always come back to and just it 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 just flowed organically and seemed like it made the most sense yeah Yeah, that i actually sorry go ahead clay I was going to say, like, it, the whole idea that it was going to be five songs at first, we we're like, oh, that's, that's like, should we have more? And then we we're like, no, it's, it's a lot of work. Um, <laughs> a lot of people realize, because we were like, okay, how can we make this feel like the fullest meal uh, possible? We don't want people to walk away and feel like that was a snack. We want them to feel satiated and really like they've, they've been on a, a, a journey um, or many different journeys. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I think that like leading off with the narrows was never a question 
Um, that was just our leadoff hitter song, like the, the whole, all the way through. But um, there was some question about where to put people because it's a, it's a bit of a curveball of a song. And then, uh, y- you know, it really happened organically though. It was like, how do we feel playing this song? How, what's and I mean, you get the beautiful thing about playing live is that you get immediate feedback from people when you're, where you're taking them on that journey, so to speak, to use that word again, maybe too many times now, but um, uh it's it live performance gives you a lot of great feedback and editing and so it and we're all pretty attuned like you know um andrew has his theater background casey is just a a, a master reader of of people and such scenarios and emotion obviously that, that translates to a song um watch out <laughs> um, but uh but yeah i mean like it it um it became clear to us through as as we as the songs matured and we went through the recording process as well it was like you know um if you're part of that group and it's as, as tight-knit as we were it was like no question yeah we just knew <laughs> yeah and as far as that recording process how did you guys get hooked up with uh with mark and matt was that just through your own research sort of locally sure. like who's who the best people so yeah so, so actually funnily enough mark the um the um the guy who, who mixed and produced us he went to high school with my dad um, oh cool so so i having gone through college uh, in music uh, my dad was like um so actually i think within the first six months after graduating from my undergrad my dad was like hey i know a guy from high school um who who works in the music business um and sent me a interview that he did um on a a local network i forget exactly what but he was like if you want to meet him do you want to go and talk with him so i i got the chance to meet him he he, he originally ran a studio in Bethesda, Maryland. There's a suburb outside DC actually where uh, Casey grew up. Um, so I got the chance to hang out with him for a few hours and we, we, we talked about music. We, he taught, I learned a little bit about how he got his start. I showed him my band at the time. Um, and Mark is a really, 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 he's a really nice dude. Um, we really personable, really easy to get along with. And I knew at that point, I was like, all right, I will find an excuse to work with him someday, somehow. I'll make it happen. And then four, four or five years later, I have a band and like, Hey, we want to talk with, to, to record a record. And, um, as this was, this, uh, the band was like, okay, let's try this with, with somebody established. Let's try this with somebody, um, uh, that we know so we can learn from the experience and grow and make the most. So I had pitched Mark. Uh, I sent an email to Mark asking about it. And I pitched it to the guys and was like, okay, let's go, let's go meet this guy. Um, and see how it goes. So he had moved studio. He had moved from Bethesda into Georgetown in um, Southwest DC. Yeah. Um, and we went in to check out his studio, which is still under construction. And funnily enough, he he was wearing a Mastodon hoodie. He had uh, he had just seen them at um, the <laughs> Anthem and um, at and Worth in Southwest DC recently and whatnot, and whatnot. So that was that was something we talked about. But yeah, he we sent him demos of all the songs that ultimately was on the EP. He had some thoughts, and we talked a little bit about it and about the process from there. And we really hit it off. We knew we wanted to record with him, so we scheduled um, two days uh, and then went in and tracked almost everything. So the first day we we set up as a band. Um, and then tracked all the instrumentation or most of the instrumentation. I think we missed a couple of solos and lead parts, but we got the bulk of everything then. Uh, and then the next day was, was tweaking those solos, uh, excuse me, recording a couple of guitar solos and heavy on the vocals. 
Also, like, just at that point in the process, sorry, Andrew, also, I was joking when I said sheer nepotism. There was a lot of, like, you know, <laughs> like, right, of course, of course. Uh, uh, I was going to say also, shouts out to Kevin, uh, uh, Kevin Rogers and Caden Cloud, who came in uh, on, on drums and bass, respectively. They had about three weeks playing with us in the band and did a Oh, wow. They, yeah, they, 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 it, was, it was pretty quick time uh, leading up uh, with them. Um, but yeah, so so the mixing the recording process was quick because we, we 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 wanted to get it done down and dirty. Um, it turns then, out recording is really expensive. Is the other thing. <laughs> that's, that's why we wanted to do Nobody it. Nobody told us. But it was it was but in my opinion it was well worth the investment. Um, and then uh, Matt was Mark's connection, so he mastered it and did a really good job with that as well. Um, but the overall that that experience it was it was a learning experience for everybody. We were we we were we were learning how to to record at that level, what was involved into it um, on the business side and the creative side as well, um, and then hit there. And we we didn't go in cold like we didn't go in and write uh, in the studio. We we hit pre production fairly hard. So we we recorded our own, we recorded our own demos and recorded most of the demos uh, to update just so we had an idea of um, all the different elements leading into like, for example, how many guitar tracks or how many vocal tracks that we want in there. So we, we went in as prepared as we could um, and, and, and we got the best product that we could at the time with the experience that we had. And overall, I'm really stoked with it. We've heard great things about it um, from people that listened to it. So it was, it was a very positive experience. I, you know, I was really happy with it, like uh, the the process overall, is because we had time to perform these songs. And you know, one of my favorite bands, uh, DC-based Fugazi, uh, you know, uh, Ian McKay, like they would they would play their their songs live sometimes for years before they would go into the studio and record it. I mean, they would let the song breathe and have its own little like organic life on its own. And then finally they, they would wait till the right moment to just capture it at that point. And it might've sounded completely different than what you would hear, you know, two years ago. Now I didn't want to go that extreme, but like we definitely yeah. to, like air our songs out and let them, let them walk on their own um, before we, before we uh, got it, got them into the studio. Um, and Mark, Williams just fantastic and we got to record in like the coolest it was just still I think it's still under construction a little bit but uh there's waterfront studios in Georgetown literally like out of the you can see the Kennedy Center like across the you know river or whatever a little bit down the river uh, and like man it, it, we we were going in feeling like you know hot fucking shit man like we were yeah. going in like feeling pretty awesome about uh what we were doing and just being like how did we get this lucky um, and a lot of that is thanks to, to Andrew and, and having that connection with Mark and, uh, you know, that's, but, uh, no, we, we prepared very well to, to go in. Like you definitely, as a band, you don't want to be <laughs> like writing too much in the studio, maybe tweaking, like there's, there's thousands of details to tweak when you're, once you're in there and it becomes quickly apparent that like, oh, we only have this amount of time. We have to like, you know, how, how do you prioritize and, and, and how are we going to, organize this and thank god i'm working with uh, uh people who are organizationally inclined because goodness gracious that that was a learning process yeah <laughs> but, yeah uh, it's it's been a minute since i've been to since i've been to dc actually it's been a little over a decade but um but both my cousins uh two two of my cousins went to georgetown um and i remember um 
God, the last time I was there, I think it was 2011. It was the military bowl when I was still sports writing and Toledo was playing air force. Um, but I remember driving through Georgetown and that is such a cool area. You know, those old buildings and stuff. It is very, it's like, it's, it's, it's its own place within DC. It seems like, like it's got its own vibe within that area. You know what I mean? Um, but uh, one thing I wanted to ask you guys, and thanks again so much, dudes. This has been awesome. Before we we wrap it up here, um, like what was something that, you know, obviously you guys all have your experience musically in your own rights, uh, in your own right through your lives. Um, working with 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 Mark, what what was something that he brought to the table that you took forward going forward as a musician, both, both in live and just in, in songwriting, was there anything that really stuck out to you guys individually about working with him? For, for me personally, it was how it was, it was how calm and um, he, he, he made the environment of recording very, very fun. Like he was, he was cracking jokes um, every now, every now and again, um, just making it laugh, just making it a very comfortable um, environment, comfortably a professional environment, uh, and whatnot. So it was, it's, that is something that stuck with me going forward for live shows, for writing sessions, for whatnot, you know, it's, there, there are times to be serious and then there are times to have fun. Um, and, and genuinely, and, and ultimately you want it to be an enjoyable process. So finding that balance and really cutting loose and having and celebrating the little things, um, are, are the big takeaways from that experience for me. Tough line to, to, to create that, like to, to tread, like to, trying to create that environment. And they did a really good job of like helping us find it. I mean, he wasn't at all like dictating to us. Okay. Now it's time to be funny. And now it's a bit like, yeah, I remember like one time he was like, you know, he wasn't like making fun of the song, but he would like come up with like alternate lyrics to like something. <laughs> it would just kind of like, it was almost like he was riffing on you a little bit, but in a, such an endearing way that I never for one second felt like, oh, this guy's like, you know, like, no, it was, it was actually kind of cool that he was messing with you. You realized that, you know, he's trying to create that relationship. So it was, uh, yeah, there was a lot, I mean, obviously just working with him, I, I was taking in so many things, just trying to, 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 to juggle, like, what is, you know, what is he doing? What is this? Um, on the production side, I mean, he's he's a mastermind, and just uh, the interpersonal level, he really he really uh, 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 inhabits that balance of of compassion and um, nose to the grindstone at the same time, and he knows how to. How, he was a pro at, at straddling that line. Yeah, Casey. Oh yeah, um, buy more gear. No, um, <laughs> By all, all the thousand dollar compressors yeah. and guitar, all the, amps all the pedals, stuff. the compressors and the amps you could need. No, I mean, I, I think they, they nailed it. Um, uh, uh, it was my first time recording with someone. And, and, you know, I feel like music has a tendency, not, not a tendency, but, you know, people can be very uh, uh, gatekeepy when it comes to music. I feel like as a hobby in particular. Um, and, and just uh, having someone who's so unpretentious and so welcoming and, and encouraging um, is, is something that, you know, I mean, we, we are obviously indie DIY musicians. And so we interact with a lot of them, you know, and I will go to open mics and we'll talk to people and we'll just meet people in D.C. who are kind of just like us, just trying to play music to whoever they can and, and, and meeting with them and trying to play shows with them and, and just, you know, trying to be like Mark and, and, and be as welcoming and encouraging as possible is something that, that I I guess try to embody, um, but mostly the first part. 
Well, dudes, this has been awesome. The last thing I'll ask you guys before I, I get you out of here, thank you so much for giving me an hour of your time, especially East Coast time, because I know it's 1030 out there, man. But um, just with, with the theme of the show being perseverance and moving forward, and we've kind of touched on it already. Um, one of the lyrics that, that kind of stuck out to me was from the, the title track, Sojourn, about um, um, what did I, it was, uh, I am the mark in the room with the signature tell. I think that was one of the, one of the lyrics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I don't know, I related to that just from the, from the perspective of, you know, I, I struggle with panic attacks and anxiety and like OCD tendencies and stuff. Um, and it's crazy how sometimes you can be having one and, and, and nobody really knows, you know, mm-hmm. um, and you kind of have like that. Sometimes I call it like that silent hell where you just, you're sitting there and you're like, Oh my God, I got to get out of here. And it's mm-hmm. like that classic fight or flight, but that kind of reminded me of like, sometimes you feel like, Oh, other people can see it, but sometimes they don't. I don't know. That's probably just my own take on it. But, um, for you guys, man, I mean, as, as far as pushing through things and overcoming, I I think your story is unique because you're, you're, you know, like you guys said, this band came out of the pandemic and unfortunately, um, there were music venues and stuff that went away during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. There were maybe people who stopped playing music and went to more practical things just to try to earn a living, um, so I think your guys' story is really unique, but in terms of like perseverance and moving forward, I mean, anything that you guys want to pass on to people who listen to this, I mean, not, and I don't even mean in a preachy way, but just things that you guys have gone through that you feel like might help other people if they're struggling right now with whatever it is. Um, yeah, I guess I'll start. Uh, it's, you know, I, I, I put myself through the ringer time and time again, trying to either improve or put myself on a stage or do something. It's, it's a tough, it's a tough existence. It's art, art is not an easy thing to pursue. Um, and if somebody tells you it is, they, they haven't done it. Um, and, but the, the main, if I could leave one takeaway for, for the listeners out there, heard a quote recently that helped me, uh, find uh, a level or maintain a level of perseverance is, um, it's not who you think you are that holds you back, or it's not who you are that holds you back. It's who you think you aren't. And that's, uh, that's what I got for you. It's <laughs> a powerful quote. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't create that by the way. I can't remember who, who attributed to, but uh, <laughs> it was me. I told you that yesterday. Clay. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Uh, I guess I'll, I'll go next. Um, so actually, uh, it's it's funny, Mike, that you brought up the line, I'm the mark in the room with the signature tell. Um, that was one of those. That's the line that I equivalent the most to the recording session because Mark Williams would crack a joke or point to himself when that line came in because he is oh, okay. in the room. Um, but that, that does lead into my point of advice is ce- celebrate the, the little wins and don't focus too much on the negative which is something that i struggle with at times and even after the this ep release i'm always finding myself oh we could have done this to we could have we could have finished it sooner we could have sent it to more outlets to listen to and blah da 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 this was a this was a win for for everyone in the band and everyone involved um we put out a a ep that we're super stoked with and we're continuing to grow as a band and a project. So my 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 takeaway is, don't forget to have fun, because it will get you through to the next uh, challenge. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Um, 
All right, I think for me, if anyone's listening, hey, how's it going? Thanks for getting to the end. Um, uh, and and don't don't give up ever. Like you know, if if you've heard it so far, you know that I I quit making music for like ten years, um, uh, and then I picked it up again, and I met some amazing people. And and so don't ever think for a second that you're out of the game or you're or you're finished. Um, write write that song. Um, finish that song. You know, I've it it I've, I've I've written more than you know the songs that are on the EP. A lot of them are terrible, and that's okay. You know, just keep going and and keep moving it forward, and and um, just don't 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 you know think it's too late or like oh you know I don't like how this one thing came out, so I can't ever do music now. Um, and and just go out there, and you, you'll be you'll be surprised by by people's reactions. I think. Um, which you're know, tying into what, what Clay says, you know, I think your perception of yourself is very different from, from how you actually are, especially um, when others um, take a look. So it's, yeah. Well, Casey, Andrew, Clay, thank you so much, man, for, for taking the time to do this. Yeah, I really appreciate you, you guys really giving, fun, me an, yeah. giving me an hour of your time, man, and, and talking about the music and how you guys came together. It's awesome. Um, I'll obviously put up the links in the podcast description, but uh, for people who are unfamiliar with Grim Winter, let them know where they can find you guys. Yeah, we are Grim Winter Band on most platforms. That's Grim with two M's. Um, that's what we always have to say. I, I, we didn't realize when we came up with the name that you'd have to specify it. But um, <laughs> Double M, double M, double M. Double M's, please. But yeah, we're, we're, we're on Instagram. We're on TikTok. Um, we're, we're on Spotify, uh, all, all the, all, all the streaming services, um, and those two social media platforms. Definitely. Yeah. we got some music videos out there. Check, check us out on all yeah, the YouTube. Yes. YouTube as well. Yeah. And, uh, thank you. Thank you for listening. Yeah. Thank you. Mike, thank you so much for your time, my dude. This is awesome. Righty-dighty, there you have it. That was my conversation with Clay, Casey, and Andrew of the band Grim Winter. Make sure you go follow these guys on Instagram at Grim Winter Band, and that is Grim with two M's. The link to their Instagram as well as their link tree will be in the podcast description for this episode. So just scroll to the bottom of the podcast description, hit those links, and go follow and support the dudes in Grim Winter. Once again, their debut EP, Sojourn, is out right now. I truly love it. It's a great listen from front to back. Even though my wheelhouse as far as the stuff that that I, I love the most is is heavy music. I'm also a big fan of alternative and 90s, 80s. I'm a fan of trip-hop, hip-hop. I'm a fan of synthwave, and I really, really love what these guys are doing because it reminds me of some of the stuff that I grew up with in the 90s as far as the alternative scene, but it's also got some really cool folk elements to it, some indie elements to it, um, just alternative rock in general. And when you listen to this, you'll see or you'll hear rather, uh, how great these guys are on their instruments and how great their voices are and how they bounce off of each other, the lyrics, the storytelling, and you will see the awesome artwork if you go follow them on their socials, man. Uh, once again, I, I just think it's it's a really cool piece of art that they put out, especially for a debut, and I'm just so happy that I was able to get them on the show. So I just want to say thanks again to Clay and Casey and Andrew for taking the time to spend about an hour with me that night. For the podcast, I apologize once again that I didn't have my normal professional setup with my microphone, 
But uh, it's been a theme that I'm officially going to, you know, put to bed as far as uh, needing a new computer. I've had some some close calls the last couple of years with some some podcasts in terms of getting it started on time with Zoom, working with my computer and my microphone set up with my little soundboard. And then I've had times where I've had to pull the plug like I did with the guys in Grim Winter and, and just had to do it on my phone. And I pride myself on being on time, and I'm glad I was still on time. But at the same time, man, it's... Uh, you know, it's one of those things that happens, but I got my tax return now. I got a little extra money from that. So I've been, I've been looking at laptops and I'm going to pull the trigger this week and get one. So that way I, I, uh, I have a, a more professional setup and, and start, you know, being able to do video content as well on YouTube and putting some stuff up on there and, and giving more of a visual element to this platform, uh, for what I'm doing as well. But once again, I just want to say Clay, Casey, Andrew, thank you so much, dude. You are kind down-to-earth guys. I think it's really cool that all of you met and, and, and are making this great music together. And it really is great, man. I'm not just saying that. I, I truly enjoyed listen, listening to this EP front to back. And it was really hard. You guys left it up to me to pick a song to, to share on this one. It was hard to, to figure out which one that I really wanted to share, um, which I'll let you and the listeners know here in a sec when I wrap it up. But uh, but yeah, I, I just I really appreciate what you guys are doing. And I think it's really cool that uh that y'all came together and are, and are making really good music and i and i can't wait to see what the future holds for you dude so once again everybody at grim winter band on instagram that is grim with two m's that and the link tree will be in the podcast description for this episode so please go follow and support them i want to say thank you to johnny zirkel for setting this up he has been a big supporter of the show make sure you go check out his show sounds of the underground and his band the wildfires project i really appreciate all the love and support that johnny has shown this show since we have you know first crossed paths i think gosh almost a year ago it is crazy how time flies because i had ali slater on and uh, almost exactly a year ago in the beginning of april in fact i think i spoke with her on her her actual birthday or her birthday weekend anywho um johnny uh, found out about the show and has been been sending awesome people like Grim Winter my way, man. So I uh, really appreciate the love and support if you listen to this, Johnny. And uh, and yeah, I, I, I want to say thank you again to all of you to, to see the show grow, to see more people checking it out, um, to see listeners in different countries and, and, and to know that there was, uh, you know, a, a decent chunk of growth that happened in, in 2022 compared to 2021. Listeners were up 34%. And again, I'm not saying to like toot my own horn or anything, but I, I really haven't invested a ton at all in terms of marketing or anything like that into the show. I've just promoted some posts here and there um, to the tune of maybe a few hundred bucks. And, and I need to invest more in marketing, but, um, but to see the organic growth that has happened with this show is really cool. And to see people finding out about the show and reaching out to me about coming on um, or putting me in touch with other bands like Johnny has done. It's just cool, man. Um, it, it makes me feel good to know that that people enjoy the content and that they they think well of me as as a host of this show. That you know they they think well enough of me that they'll reference other people to come by. So it's really cool, man. I'm I'm really excited with the audience that I've been able to build, and I'm I'm really excited about continuing to build it in 2023. And I just can't thank you all enough for taking the time to listen, for everybody who takes the time to like and subscribe or to tell a friend to tell a friend. For those of you who take time to go to either Apple or Spotify and leave a rating for the show, that goes a long way in helping the show rank higher when people are searching for podcasts. So if you would be so kind, 
I say it all the time, and I mean it. I hate begging for this stuff, but if you enjoyed this show and you were a first-time listener, you're a fan of Grim Winter, listen to this, please share it and, and take the time on either Apple or Spotify to to share or to leave a rating, rather, um, and to share it if you would be so kind. Th- those things really help get the music out to more people, and ultimately that's what I want is I, I want the show to grow, of course, but I really want more people to find out about Grim Winter and the awesome art that they're making for everybody out there, man. Um, anytime I see people chasing their dreams and pursuing their passions, it just fires me up to keep doing this, man. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Once again, you can follow me on Instagram at March4thPod, on Twitter at Mike V. Bauman, and the host site is March4th.podbean.com. And even though you guys are listening to me right now, so you made it here somehow, uh, I'm, I'm, all the, I'm on all of the major streaming platforms Spotify, Apple, iHeart, Amazon. If you have an Alexa, you can tell her to play March 4th with Mike Bauman, and she will, which is crazy. Audible, um, gosh, Stitcher, all the major ones. And, and again, all of that is in my link tree uh, for the show. So thank you, thank you, thank you, man. I hope that everybody has a great rest of the week. If your bracket is trashed like mine, hopefully you still enjoy watching the games springtime is upon us warm weather is upon us if you're in the colder parts of the country man that snow gonna be melting soon trust me it's gonna happen i'm from the midwest and uh i remember being in college and it would it would get to like 55 and kids would be walking around on in shorts on campus and it's funny because you go to florida where where i have one set of parents now and when it's like 62 people have like full jackets on and stuff uh, but yeah, man, I, I always remember the springtime and just what that was like when I was a young pup. Not that I'm old, but just uh, the excitement around that time of the year. And it's really never left me. I think it's because my birthday's at the tail end of winter. And like I said, I'm a huge basketball fan and uh, I love hockey as well. And it's just, it's a cool time of year for sports. And, and we also know that the the from an art standpoint, there's a lot of cool festivals coming up in the music scene across a host of genres. And then you've, you've obviously got um, you know, uh, the movies that are going to be coming out once Memorial Day hits, like the summer movie circuit. So this is really a cool time of the year. It's, it's, it's the birthing of a lot of really cool stuff, including Grim Winter. So once again, check out their debut EP, Sojourn, available where you get your music, at Grim Winter Band on Instagram. That is going to be a wrap for this week's show. I'm going to officially end this puppy by saying what I always say, keep the faith and be kind to one another courtesy of the dudes in grim winter this is the title track off of their debut ep sojourn peace to stay one step ahead with your head facing west It's hard to keep your head above water when there's nothing around you But I will be gone by the time that this song reaches Chicago If it's light out where you still are, please stay awake for me.
Yeah. 